the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm clearly a Generation Xer who hated the baby boomers for what they did to our country as far as acquiring debt and not really setting Generation Xers up for a proper retirement. I blame the boomers on that one. Now, I know we weren't a very motivated generation. We played a lot of video games. Sounds kind of familiar to the millennials, doesn't it? I once wrote advice to other Generation Xers, and every now and then I pull up my notes from 20 years ago, and it's amazing how relevant it all still is. My advice to a Generation Xer at one point in time was avoid social pressures to buy, maybe a little bit different than millennials, stereos. There's a lot of materialism in uh, my day and age when I was younger. Car stereos were a thing. People used to steal car stereos. Do they still do that? Or is it just not relative anymore or, or because they've changed the technology? I don't know. Or maybe because stereos have become so cheap or maybe there's no aftermarket for stolen stereos. I don't know. But avoid social pressures to buy stereos, trips, expensive meals, and other adult toys. So I was basically telling Generation Xers, you're not quite an adult yet. Don't buy adult toys. It's kind of insulting to my own self, right? Another piece of advice was be frugal and have fun, too. One of my very first girlfriends out of college, a little bit during college and then out of college, um, I used to try to like rush Friday night dinners, date, and then a little bit of business time. Um, dinner, movie, oh, a dinner, movie, and a business time, right? That was like my image of what love was supposed to be. And uh, when you're 20 and you're in college, you can't afford dinners and, and movies. Um, and I, I went further in concerts and stuff like that. I should have been saving because when you're 20, your, your body works beautifully. Their body works beautifully. And uh, all you need is corn chips and a, a remote control to watch some Netflix or TV, right? Don't got to go out. You can paint at home. You don't have to paint in a bar. Painting in a bar after hours is a thing now. I know you're saying, really? So you can be frugal and have fun. Um, One thing that I told my Generation X self was to start a plan, start a disciplined plan of savings. And it's so beautiful and so easy now. 
back then you had to like call your bank and you know set up instructions to have it wired out to wired into a mutual fund company and it wasn't all automated like it is now it is so easy to be a proper investor and proper saver but that was advice i gave myself set up some sort of saving and investing minimize debt and interest charges oh man you know what pisses me off is when you have to pay charges for something that you already bought or you know on top of it fines and fees that upsets me uh, my advice to my generation x self was don't get a dui duis cost ten thousand dollars they raise your insurance um, and that ten thousand dollars that you're going to do to protect yourself uh, to keep you out of jail to keep you know as few points against you as possible don't drink and drive don't do it um but then again, I kind of had conflicting advice, too, because my Generation X self was like, if you're going to go to a bar or you're going to go to Disneyland, buy all your candy before you go in. Buy all your drinks before you go in. Right? It's not that difficult. It's advice for seven-year-old kids. It's advice for 22-year-old men. I always look at people who, um, in the movie theaters, bring in bags of candy from purses and stuff like that. And I always go, it's like a bird sanctuary in here. Cheep, 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 cheep. You hear all the birds flapping around, right? But I respect that person at the same time. You're like, I'm like, you're, you're ruining your kid's movie experience. It's supposed to be a big tub of popcorn, a big soda that they're going to drop on the ground and get it sticky everywhere. And you're, 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 you're smuggling in candy. But I get it. I get it. And I, I wish I can reconcile kind of perception versus reality. I wish I can reconcile kind of, um, what is it, what I'm trying to say here? Social pressures. To your Generation X self is when you leave a job, take the 401k with you. Start a 401k at the new job as soon as you can. Start saving 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%, 7%, whatever number you can, up to 15%. Keep in mind, my second piece of advice to myself was be frugal and have fun too. Um, so if I'm getting you to save 15% of your salary and rent you know, another 30% of your salary, I've just 45% of your money's gone. And then you get 55% when you get the 10% sales tax, uh, income tax in California. Then you're at 65% on anything you buy is 10% in basically in California. So I've just basically squandered your whole paycheck in large part living. That's before cars, it's before insurance, it's before food. Right? Um, what else do I have for my... Uh, I once said no credit cards. Now, I love credit cards. I love rewards credit cards. I've got like 800,000 Hilton points because I use a Hilton credit card at my Hilton hotels. And I get 17 times my points. So basically, I could stay at a resort in Malaysia or India or anywhere in the world for about a week now. Not bad. Not bad. And all I did was charge things on my credit card and pay it off every month. Also, I have a flight card. Also, I have a, a cash back on dinners. So I had no credit cards, but I, I'm good with credit cards. Just paying them off monthly now to my millennial self. Um, another thing was that, and this was a kind of a funny thing, and I'm looking back at Generation X versus millennials, the advice that I would give. And I, I could still give this advice to everyone. I could give this back to baby boomers, you old farts, you old poop. Um, what movie was that? Name that movie. Um, 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 auto savings for big purchases. It's kind of funny to look at that word as auto savings. So I want a boat. I shouldn't just go out and spend all my money to buy a boat. 
I shouldn't say, well, I'm going to take it from my emergency fund, and you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to go on vacations. I should save a little bit every month for a boat. I don't really want a boat, for the record. I was on one of those quizzes. Which would you rather have, a boat or it was like a boat or some other luxury item? I was like, neither. I'm not a luxury guy. I wear the same pair of jeans pretty darn regularly. Um, I probably have the most minimalist clothing and uh, schedule out of anyone that I know. On TV, I wear jeans. So anyway, what I'm trying to get at is, see, I don't even use, like, I don't even shop at Costco because I'm more frugal than that. I don't want to pay the $80, $90, $125 for a subscription. I'd rather borrow my neighbor's card. (laughs) I walk in, they're like, you don't look like a big, tall, uh, skinny, bald man. I'm like, blow off, right? Anyway, it's kind of funny because I'm looking at my notes from the late 90s. Look at some of the stocks on this. Microsoft, Adobe, Intel, Applied Materials, and Qualcomm. Every one of them have been incredible investments except for Dell. And I don't know when it was on my list at what price versus what price they went up to versus what price they went back down to when they went private. I don't have all that information, but it's certainly out there as far as like some things, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? So anyway, um, you got to start learning yourself and give yourself basic advice. Could you give yourself basic advice? What I just did, could you do it for your daughter or your son? Could you do it for yourself or your spouse? I just went over some very basic things. Avoid social pressures. Be frugal and have fun. Discipline savings. Do it on a regular basis. Uh, Max out the 401k. If you leave a job, take it with you. So you can like roll it over. Call Fidelity. Call Vanguard. Say, hey, I just lost my job and I'm starting a new job and I need to roll over my 401k. And they'll be like, well, thank you, Mr. Black. Let me have some simple information. What's your address? And they'll fill out all the forms for you. And they'll even let you digitally sign the forms now. Woohoo! I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. And auto savings just... Have a bucket that you can fund your retirement. Have a bucket that you can fund your rent. Have Look at your buckets in life and look at your, your strategies and your categories that you put things into. Have a budget. That's one I forgot to throw out there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I I kind of live with a theory that people are stupid. Payless opened a fake luxury store and they duped people into paying hundreds of dollars for shoes that cost 40 bucks. So they were selling them for 600 bucks, even though they bought them, you could buy them for 40 bucks. Bayless shoes aren't exactly synonymous with high fashion, but for one night in LA, they were. I think that shows you how stupid people are. I don't understand why people pay $400 for shoes. I just don't do it. I don't get it. I get wearing a nice pair of Jordans. I get it. But $400, $800, $1,200 for shoes, I find it to be repulsive. I find those people to be first in line of the Darwinian wood chipper. And I'm thinking about you, Melania Trump, and your shoes. 
And she's the only one I could point to because she's the high-profile president, first lady of the United States. I just think expensive shoes are stupid. What do you think is stupid, Tony? Shoes. Well, well come on. So you can't shoes. copy me. Um, man, I want to say cars. I love cars. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's, I mean, I, again, we run into a lot of clients that have massive car payments, and it just blows my mind. Some people don't qualify for some mortgages because of their car payments, and that just, it just, Disturbs me. Yeah, and how often people CFP go Chad to cars, they always the same thing. He says it's amazing how many people can't fund a four hundred one k, but can fund a six hundred dollar car payment. And you got to fund the four hundred one k first before you do the car payment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've always lived kind of by that. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I, you I, I just never me when I had a, a vet. Yeah, the, the uh, Chevette. Right. right, and my yeah. license plate said my vet on it. And Corvette drivers would get angry at me because they thought I was mocking them, and I was. So I had a Chevette, which is just as nice as a Corvette, because it takes me back to my days. You know, you and I would go to Ocean City or we'd go to, like, different beaches, and we'd drive up and down the, the strip, and, like, we were motoring. We were like Sister Christian. We're, the car experience, it didn't matter if it was a Chevette or a Corvette. Chevette was paid for. It cost me $200 to buy it from my pop, my father. Yep. It was also called the cancer car, <laughs> the cancer mobile, because he smoked cigarettes at it, and it was disgusting. So, Chad... Investment experiences for his family and motoring, driving down a strip with your buddy, maybe sipping on a little Mad Dog 2020. Uh, yeah, it's called cruising, by the way. It's motoring if you're from Detroit. We're, neither of us are from Detroit. Okay, that's Do you fair. Know Detroit's one of the hottest markets right now. I know, I know. And you know who's um, building Detroit up big? Um, um, the guy from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Dan Gilbert. Yeah. Um, with Rocket Mortgage, which for the record, Rocket Mortgage is everywhere. And I've got a, I've got a theory. If you see advertising everywhere, it's probably a bad deal. <laughs> Except for like you see Visa Halftime Show, and I'm like, invest in Visa. If I could invest in Rocket Mortgage, I would. Because that guy is buying all of Detroit. Dan Gilbert. So every time you, someone uses Rocket Mortgage and doesn't use you, a local guy, BarryLoanSource.com, they're basically <laughs> getting a free agent to Cleveland. Yeah, another like house being bought. Tom Monahan, so. the guy who used to own Domino's, mm-hmm. owned the Detroit Tigers. I wouldn't eat Domino's pizza. I wouldn't pay for it because every time I did, I liked the Yankees growing up. And you I was thinking I'm buying the a wrong team. I'm, sure. I'm supporting the Detroit Tigers. So. Uh, so are you saying that don't use Rocket Mortgage if you're a Warriors fan? Yes. There you go. All right. So, and man, the Warriors are starting to smell bad, aren't they? Yeah. There's something, there's well, something, no. there's something not good going on there. <laughs> Anyhow, let's move forward. Um, what's the steps in a home purchase? Do they still apply? Because you and I used to talk about, here's what you do to find a realtor. Here's what you do the first steps to buy a house. I feel like that's all gone out the window in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, no, it's not really changed that much. Um, there's well, a lot more technology mean? involved. There's a lot, yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier to search for homes. A lot of people are foregoing you know, the, the, the stages of really building a relationship with the realtor. It's just more of a mechanism. Redfin's kind of changed that. Uh, I talk to Redfin agents all the time, and they, they, they sound like robots. They, it sounds like they're reading from a script. Okay. I'm like, mm, you know, that's, that's okay. And, but but in, in a sense, though, if, if you've done all the work and you're just using an agent to save a little bit of money or get a better offer accepted um, for the seller, that is... It, and you just want to go through the motions with a professional company, that's fine. I mean, that's almost what you really want is someone who's not going to mess up because there's too, you know, too many, you know, too many hands, you know, in, in the pot. Um, too many emotions are involved and too many mistakes can be made. 
Um, I'm not saying that I'm a robot, but I've been doing this for a long time. I've been financing for 19 years. I've been in the Bay Area for uh, 14 years. So I, I know the market very well. I know all of the realtors that we work with. Well, I know the processes that we work with. And um, I don't think it's changed as much as you think. Um, I'd like to say that it's getting better. Um, technology has really helped. I, I like where technology is going. Um, but it's just like almost anything out there. There's too much to choose from. I don't know if you've noticed. It's like, where do you feel like you should go to get the right information about buying a house? Um, and there's just too much out there. Well, it's certainly not robots. It's not robots, but you want processes in place. Um, you know, my son, I like large realty, realty companies because they offer th- that kind of um, service that you, you really want really? from a realtor. Yeah, I do. Okay. So I like a, an agent who's lived in that market their whole life. I, I like that, but with a, a company that, that I, I has would, the support behind I would prefer behind a frumpy-looking real estate agent than a hot and sexy-looking real estate agent. Um, you don't have to sell me with your looks or your car. I, when I started looking for uh, houses, you, you zero in on the neighborhood first, right? Um, well, that, you're, you're, you're making your point. You, you were just talking about Rocket Mortgage, for example, and why would you use that service just because they, they're advertising so much? You don't know what you're getting. Just because somebody's a really good advertiser doesn't mean they're a really good realtor. Uh, yeah. And so so you, you can limit the risk by going with a, a, an established company, somebody who's been in the biz, in that area for a long yeah. period of time. Um, what I don't... What I see often, and, I, and that hasn't changed or gotten better, is people using realtors from that are not from the area that they're buying, um, and in some cases, large distances. Let, let and, me give you an example of that. The home that I bought eight, nine years ago, the realtor that the family, the, the lady was old, she had Alzheimer's, she was going into a home, her kids, the house was in a trust, they bought it for 40000 it was now worth a million dollars. The realtor they hired was from, um, I think, Saratoga? or maybe Los Gatos, who didn't know San Carlos was up and coming. It was going to become Palo Alto North. And she got taken. We, we, we played her. We gave an offer on Tuesday before Easter, and it was our house, um, which yeah, only happened a, because she, was out of, she didn't know the market. That's a good example of how a realtor that knows the market will assist. Probably the, the last that house case. that went for under asking in all of California. And then you used a realtor that lived in the market right. and says, you know, this is a good deal. So, yeah, you can see how realtors can play against each other. And it may not have been the best advice for the seller, but um, uh, I, all realtors, the, the ones even if they're out of the area, are trained and should be working under the same guidelines, uh, which is fine with me. The you know, California Association of Realtors really kind of regulates all of this, and that's the Association of Realtors does the same. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't like using rock and mortgage. I don't like using big firms. I like using someone who's human. Marina and the Diamonds sang a song called I Am Not a Robot. And my kid loved it. And I'm a big fan of not using robots. Which is interesting because the mortgage industry still hasn't really gotten as robotic as it could. Um, Well, that's kind of the whole point of answering your first question was how has it changed? And it hasn't gone towards that that automated mortgage, is automated... um, uh, buying and selling. It, it, I don't think it will. I'll roll. Ah! It's going to get there. Everything's going to become automated. Everything. Grocery shopping is. You can find Tony Mendez. He's still real and has blood and knows the local markets. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Yes,
Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the best things I ever did. It's, it's no joke. I mean, I'll look back at my life and I'll say, well, one of the best things I ever did. Was it saving a lot of money? No. Was it figuring out a great career? No. Well, the best things I ever did was I had kids. I've got two boys and they're amazing, Cameron and Zach. And uh, they definitely give you some perspective that we all need because we're all going to get there. It gives you perspective on your life. Like I grew up playing soccer. At one point in time, I was I was unbelievable. You couldn't get a ball past me. Uh, I had the hands of God playing soccer. And when you see your son do that, it's the best thing in the world. So when you see your kids put on a goalie jersey, put on big soccer gloves. We didn't have big soccer gloves back then. That's how the equipment has changed, right? You didn't have big puffy Mickey Mouse gloves. And those are all the rage right now. Um, but seeing your kid play soccer is just, it's fun. It's reliving your own childhood. And, and it's a little bit of pressure on a kid, right? But soccer is also expensive. And I want to talk about teaching kids about money. They lose jackets, they lose sweatshirts, they leave goalie gloves, which are expensive. They outgrow their cleats in like one day, of which they're not just getting regular cleats. They got to get messy cleats or Ronaldo cleats or something like that. Kids are expensive. To raise a kid from zero to 17, somewhere north of $250,000 just for food, clothes, and books and stuff like that. You factor in shelter, like you need an extra room in a house kind of thing. Versus you and your wife just shacking up in a one-bedroom condo. So kids are expensive. $250,000, $350,000. Now, keep in mind, if you make $100,000 a year, you're going to make $4 million in your working lifetime from age 20 to 60. And I just you just had a $250,000, I'm not going to say accident because I love them so much. It's a lot of money. Show me the money. It's in the kids' diapers. Holy mackerel. The day a kid grows out of diapers... But even they grow in other things. Goalie gloves, jackets. You know one of the things that you have to spend money on with kids? Hair gel. Hair gel's a thing because they have hair. And they want to look cool. Cameron's the coolest. And he's uh, very good at what he does. But if I were to give him advice, I would not do the Dave Ramsey BS. You should use a jar and put money in a jar for the kid. Country bumpkin. Ah! People call Dave Ramsey's show and like, Dave, my husband got drunk the other night and stole my kid's money jar. I'm like, that's your money advice show? I know I'm not New York sophisticated eating caviar. Well, give me you advice, darling. We're going to go to Lago tonight and have the best time ever at the club. But a money jar? I think you do want to teach your kids that things cost money. And I do think you want to start telling them about it. And, you know, if, if it's a hamburger that's $15 and they only eat half of it, say you just left $7.5 there. And if you, it, you go, well, would you want that money for an Xbox game? Yeah, I want that money for an Xbox game. Well, that money doesn't grow on trees. So I'm not Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, oops, did I say I country bumpkin radio financial person? They might be the same person. They might not. That's alleged. Um, you want to stop doing impulse buys with kids. So as a parent, you kind of have to start setting the stage before you can give them advice. I can't tell you how much plastic junk people buy for kids. It's the most discouraging thing in the world. Now, again, I'm not against Legos. 
That's good plastic junk, but you can also get Legos used. You don't have to go out and buy a brand new Lego set for $110 Millennium Falcon, which is going to break in less than two weeks. So some of my joys in life with Cam and Zach is playing video games, spending some time with them, socializing with them, watch what they're doing, um, showing them some of your old favorite TV shows that aged well or didn't age well. I never liked Alf. I wasn't a guy. I was too old for Alf. But I recently saw Alf, and I was like, oh, I should show my kids that, because it's pretty darn funny how bad TV was then, and yet it was still entertaining to kids. Like, we up our entertainment quotient every year teaching our kids about money. Um, and sometimes it's just bad advice. I think if you're going to teach your kids seriously about money, um, it's tough. A lot of people have, uh, it's pretty similar of people who don't want to talk about sex, don't want to talk about money. Best thing about my job is people want to ask me about money and they don't necessarily have to tell anyone else. So I'm like, their secret time, secret time. Um, keep your advice brief when you do start talking to kids about it. But again, people who are successful don't flaunt their money to their kids. I think if you're driving a BMW in front of your kids, you're sending them a wrong message. I think if you're driving a Tesla in front of your kids, you're sending them the wrong message. I think you're saying life is all about these luxuries. Um, again, earlier in life, fine. Have those luxuries and spoil yourself. Later in life, you have to kind of set a good example. But also keep your advice brief um, because it, it freaks people out and it can be overwhelming. Um, share your experiences is the number one thing. I can tell my kids like, hey, my dad used to be in the army. And they'll go, did he ever kill anyone? And yeah, my dad killed people. <laughs> he was good at what he did. He ran people over in tanks. Not quite true, but kind of true. And you know, he also went to, uh, his job was to be in the military, and one of his jobs was intelligence. So his first tour of Vietnam, he would, um, after a battle, he would go in and, and count bullets and count bodies. And that, that turned my dad dark. Um, you can be the happiest young man in the world. Getting married and having kids puts a pressure on you. Uh, going to the military and counting bodies is something you can't unsee, right? So you share your experiences. My dad worked his whole life. He never really got to retire and enjoy his kids. I don't want to do that. So I'll tell my kids, like, hey, the reason we're going on vacation, the reason we're, we're spending time together is because it's important to, like, yeah, I'm going to lose you one day and you're going to move on. But let me teach you about, you know, did my dad pay for college? My dad had six kids. Can you imagine? They should, there should be a, he should have turned that off. But if he did, I wouldn't be here because I was number five. Five straight boys and a little girl. Five straight boys. I have four older brothers and one younger sister. Isn't that crazy? Uh, but we all went to college. And somehow, some way, some way, shapes form. Most of us got scholarships, whether athletic or academic. But some of us did it, and some of us needed help um, covering costs. And my dad did it. It wasn't easy, and it, it's, it certainly wasn't appreciated because he wasn't easy. He made talking about money in college difficult. So try to take that pressure out of it with your kids. Keep your expectations in, in check. If you expect your adult child to follow your advice, you're going to be disappointed. Kids are kids. And they're going to lose sweaters and, and sweatshirts, and they're going to play video games. And I'm okay with video games, because I think it's a 21st century thing versus a 20th century thing. The video games I played, I would hate for my kids to play. Like Pac-Man. That's just repetitive, 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 repetitive. But now it's all about being social and having friends in Canada and friends in L.A. And, like, uh, it's, it's, it's a social experience. And there was a, a phone game, uh, Words with Friends, that hit just massive popularity because people learned that they're going to be able to play with their friends. So it was social. 
So keep your expectations in check. Your kids are not going to be you in anything in life. Be nice to your kids and give them, give them the benefit of the doubt. They're not going to be as good at reading as you. They're not going to be as good at math as you. So but keep yourself in check. Don't go, don't get frustrated with them. That's the worst thing you do. Um, set rules, you know, with money. Um, nearly half of all young adults have received some kind of financial assistance from their parents. And, you know, I, I remember a dad recently said, you know, when my kids go to Disney, I make them save for six months. And it's literally small amounts of money, but it's, it's big to them. Ten bucks a month kind of thing. But that's like a Fortnite character you don't get. You don't get the Ice King or you don't get the Fire God or you don't get the hamburger guy. Cameron will be okay without the hamburger guy. But he wants it. He's going to get impulsive. He's going to do it. So you have to set rules. You can say you could buy one character skin a month. Or you could buy one dance a year. Whatever it is, you have to have some sort of standards. And when you lend them money, they have to earn it back. You can't just give, 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 give. In my opinion. I think you want to talk about investing. And I think the best way you could do that is, is buy shares of Disney or buy shares of Electronic Arts or buy shares of some sort of video game, NVIDIA. And show them what, you know, the things that they care about is why you invest. I wish my parents made me buy Disney at 18 years old or 10 years old. I would have followed it every month. Every month, every year, you should sit down with your kids and say, these are some of the stocks I own, and these are the reason why I own them. Um, with Disney, you know, when you go to Disney and you spend, I make you save 40 bucks for four months, you know how much dad pays? $2,000 for a day? Three days? $6,000 plus? Dollars? But you save 40 Good for you. Good for you. Um, try to set a good example. Uh, I think that's super important. So most people fight about money. Most people fight about savings. Most people fight about retirement issues. They don't fight about being in love and going to Hawaii. They, they fight about the cost of it all. Um, the inheritance topic. I think that's one of the coolest things in the world. Um, I know a grandfather, past grandfather in the world. He used to put two candy bars in each hand. And the kid would win no matter what. And then he upped the game to two $5 bills. And the kid would win no matter what. He says, don't tell your mom. I want you to be the greatest grandfather. But also, like, when they do pass, you could say, my grandfather or my dad used to live here. And he's, he's given me this land, this house, this creek. My dad worked really hard for all this. And, like, you can, ex- you can talk about inheritance and how he did well. If you don't talk about this stuff, your kid's never going to learn it. But if you talk about it too sterile, they're never going to understand it. I would make a point of talking to your kids about money once a year. And I'm not one of those guys, you have to have a savings jar. A mason jar that's a savings jar. You don't have to have a piggy bank. Although one of my favorite things ever was in second grade, I went down to a a smelter or whatever, one of those ceramic shops, and I did make a piggy bank. And oddly enough, you mold the clay around a mason jar. Then you heat it up, and that's the body. And then you start figuring out everything else out that you're attaching to it. I don't remember the exact specifics, but I, I I had a piggy bank. I love that thing. Anyway, um, kids are the best thing ever, um, and it's beautiful to watch them grow. But as parents, you do have some responsibilities to teach them about money and don't get freaked out. Why it matters to teach this to your kids, because I think it's going to be tougher out there. I think capitalism is going to be tough. I think the world's going to be tough. And the best thing they can do is have information to make them smarter. I'm Rob Black.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. probably know that I pay a lot of attention to millennial shopping and demographics of overall U.S. population because we are the world's consumers on a lot of levels. That's expected to be a baton that we pass ultimately on to China. I try to do a lot of stories about companies that are in the headline news that you can all kind of learn and appreciate. You know, Disney is easy to understand. And when they do a streaming service that's going to compete with Netflix, you kind of get it. You kind of get it even more if you've had kids. And gosh, could you imagine being a parent in the 80s when the kids would go, Ma'am, I want Cinderella 1995 on VHS cassette. So 1999 on a VHS cassette, and then you get the darn cassette, you put it in, and the, the, the machine eats the tape. So you have to go and buy it again. And then, like, DVDs came out, and the kid would scratch the DVD. Now everything's digital, or you can stream it, and... Netflix was kind of awesome because you can, they, they made a relationship with Pixar. They had every Pixar film, so you didn't have to go out and spend nineteen ninety nine. It didn't have to get eaten by a machine. It didn't have to get scratched. You just had to figure out how you're going to stream it in your car while you're driving. Just shut the little brat up. Right? Right. I'll answer myself. Right. So... Those kind of stories are out there, and I, I try to do those stories because they're easy for you to digest and kind of get. Rawr. The EU is poised to grant Britain a long Brexit delay, which I don't think anyone cares about. Until we make it tangible, you know, the EU is trying to say, hey, we, we see you, China. You're big. Oh, we see you too, U.S. You're big. We're just teeny tiny little France. You're going to respect my authority. And France said, hey, well, they're not respecting us. So Germany, why don't we all get together and do this European Union? Now, the only problem is these are countries that have been around for 2,000-plus years. And they've got 2,000-plus years of, of spending issues and socialism issues and capitalism issues and 2,000 years of politicians getting corrupt or not corrupt, 2,000 years of, of creating great machines that increase productivity, 2,000 years of, of invading other countries, of being invaded. Like, they got a history there, right? Um. Dude, you're 91 years old. Hey, you get the half I'm price of movies before old. noon. I just a go back to your little old person you, house buddy. that smells of old person. That's my advice. I'm sticking with that. Trump says he won't release his tax returns. Trump says people aren't very interested in his tax returns. People say they are interested in his tax returns. There's nothing I can do about that. So I don't. T- I don't talk a lot about that kind of stuff. Getting your retirement, I can do that. Getting to save enough for a house, I can do that. Trying to help you figure out what natural meat really is. When you go into a grocery store and you see the words natural, and it's like meat that's been pressed together and processed and packaged and reprocessed. It's meats by Tyson Foods, Pilgrim's Pride, Hormel Food. You know what I'm talking about. Everyone wants to be organic, and we don't even know what organic is. It's, it's impossible to like define, right? So, like, strawberries that say they're organic, I'm like, so did they grow... Did you use tap water to grow them, or did, was there rain? Because I know there's pollution and rain, right? What's organic, what's not? It's all a trap. It's a marketing trap. I'm not even sure that the paper straw people aren't somehow influencing Congress to kill plastic straws so the paper gets more influence and they make more money. It's all a trap. I know you're saying, you, you don't trust paper straws? 
I don't trust anyone anymore. So I did a lot of therapy to learn that I don't trust people. Thanks, therapist. Anyhow, and anyway, my big fear, and I started the segment on this, is inflation. I don't talk a lot about it because food prices gaining three-tenths of 1%, energy prices jumping 3.5%. Energy prices are heavily tied towards gasoline prices. When gasoline surges, energy prices jump in our life. Now, sometimes it's also like a cold winter can have us running the furnace longer. Food prices can be the amount of storms and flooding. It can be things like, um, you know, a fungus that hits coffee beans. Healthcare costs tend to grind higher, and that's my boogeyman. That's the thing that keeps, keeps me up at night. I've got enough money to retire and live till the day I die, unless inflation continues to go higher. And that's the damnation. I'm like, I'm playing poker with the devil, and I think I just got dealt a pretty crappy hand. There's inflation on the table? Like, are you kidding me? Oh, no. Inflation's the bad one. Anyhow, federal lawmakers are starting to talk about pushing the electric vehicle tax credits yet again. What's interesting about that is I grew up in a world, in a world full, devoid of hope, in a world waiting to die. There was one hero, Rob Black. Yay! It's me. I'm the hero this time. Um, I grew up in a world where oil and gas were like, you know, hey, we're going to hit peak oil and we're going to pollute this planet as long as we can pollute it. And we're going to smoke cigarettes while we're driving cars with uh, big black trails of smoke coming out of them. So to see Congress say, like, we're looking into keeping this credit around, pretty interesting. And then on the other hand, I just read a, a study on oil and gas and how it could lose 95% of its value by 2050. Now I go, 2050, I, I probably won't be alive. And if I am, I certainly won't care about Shell and BP and Exxon. But I own some of those oil stocks at this point in time. I own them for the dividend. But if governments take action to limit global warming by just 2 degrees Celsius, there's a report saying that these companies can go away. It's going to cost investors in developed markets a lot of money. Because stocks are not the only thing investors put money into. There's consequences for property. There's bonds. There's infrastructure. Curbing climate change is going to be important. Oil and gas stocks will lose 42% of their market value by 2030 and 95% by 2050, according to this. On renewable energy. Do you like renewable energy? Do you feel bad for the big oil companies? Do you own any natural gas companies? What are your thoughts? I find it kind of like a soap opera. It's fun. I love what I do. I love you. I want to get you to retirement. Inflation is the boogeyman. I'm Rob Black. Find more about me at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. A lot of really good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Checklist on if you need a CFP and or not. Much, much more. Newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.